Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of The Stunt Show here on the all-new Nachum Siegel Network. I am Daniel Gordon, son, husband, and as of this moment, one quarter of the amazing Stunt Show team here on the all-new Nachum Siegel Network. You can find The Stunt Show here every Thursday at 6 p.m. So a little about me. I'm about to turn 25. I'm married to my amazing wife, Aviva, a speech pathologist originally from New Rochelle for close to two and a half years. I am one of five children, including the brother to my identical twin, Aaron, You'll probably think that he's amazing after listening to me for a while. From the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and now, and now I live in the closest thing to suburbia I can stand, Riverdale, New York. Uh, for a living, I am the Communications and Development Associate in the Office of the President at Yeshiva University. But for a life, I try to make the world a better place and impact the Jewish community in positive ways each and every day. As part of this amazing team, one quarter of the time you can find me, as I hope to bring you a small taste of the amazing life God has blessed me with, the inspiration I draw from the always entertaining world of sports, and of course, Country music. Coming to you from the, from the Nachum Siegel Studios and what my parents tell me is the historic Lower East Side, and I'm joined by my new buddy Stan. Stan, thanks in advance for getting me through this. It's going to be a long hour. If during or after the show you realize that you like more Daniel Gordon, please email me at daniel at nachumsiegel.com. Again, that's daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, at nachumsiegel.com. Seriously, your honest feedback and comments about the show are welcomed and appreciated. And I hope this show will gain its inspiration and content from you, the listeners. You're listening to The Stunt Show. I am Daniel Gordon here on the all-new Nachum Siegel Network, only at NachumSiegel.com. And it is time to get down to business. Each month, I hope to cover material from the inspirational world of sports, my one-of-a-kind life and perspective, and the deep genre of country music. So let's start off with some serious talk about sports. So last week, I was sitting on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I had dropped my wife. I was going to pick up my wife from a birthday party on the West Side. I'm double parked, as all good New Yorkers do, and um, I'm double parked, and I'm talking to Miriam L. Wallach, my good friend, and now I guess my boss, um, along with Nachum, and I'm talking to her about this show, how nervous I am, how I don't know how I'm going to get through it, what I'm going to do the first week, and then I uh, transition into talking about our birthday, because like my twin brother and I, on Sunday, September 9th, Miriam L. Wallach will turn 25. It's pretty miraculous that she's accomplished so much in her life, but she will. So, and by the way, my boss, president of Yeshiva University, Richard M. Joe, will also turn 25. This year is the universal 25th birthday for all September 9thers. So if your birthday is on September 9th, email me at daniel.nachamsteel.com. I'll put in a word with the big boss, and we will get you 25 again. Pretty simple. So there I am sitting on the side of the road, and I'm talking about this amazing tailgate party I'm going to throw. We're going to go to the Jets game. I'm a huge Jet fan. Probably watch them lose to the Buffalo Bills. But at least before the game, we're going to have a great time on my birthday. And all of a sudden, this bus pulls up next to me. And on the back of the bus is an ad for the Komen New York City Race for the Cure. I couldn't make it up. There I am talking about how I'm going to spend my birthday eating my life away and probably drinking too much. And this sign for the Komen Race for the Cure comes up. So I interrupt Miriam, as I always do when we're on the phone, and I say, Miriam, this time I really have a good idea. And she probably rolled her eyes and said, like, oh, what, this time? And I said, let's make a difference on our birthday by running three miles in Central Park on a Sunday morning. Seems very simple. You show up, thousands of people there, and you get to make a difference. So I pitch Miriam the idea. Um, and as we're talking about it, I realized that my grandmother, um, Florence Kahana, Aleha Shalom, although I never got to meet her, and my wife's namesake, um, Necha Wilner, or Nettie Wilner, um, never got to see their children or grandchildren reach their 25th birthday. Actually, that's not true. My wife's namesake did get to see her children reach their 25th birthday. My grandmother did not get to see 
um, either her children or her grandchildren reach the 25th birthday. So I said, this is great. This is how we're going to celebrate. Um, and Miriam was in before I finished my sentence. She in turn interrupted me. That's how it goes. Um, and it was off from there. So we sent out some emails to friends. Um, and as of now, we have raised a little over $1,600. Um, we're about eight days in. Uh, we're a little over $1,600. We certainly need more support. Um, and we need people to join our team. But to me, the point of the story is that sports gives us the opportunity to partner with others on a team to try to achieve a goal. There's very little in life that you can do that's really that fun. I love my job, but there's very little in life that you can do that's fun that you can partner with other people and try to make the world a better place through some of the simplest, most mundane tasks. I remember actually that um, my family are season ticket jet holders, uh, season jet ticket holders, and I remember the game after September 11th. And I just remember how it like struck people to be someplace with Americans. Some people didn't show up because they were afraid, but when they took this huge flag and put it on the whole field, 100 yards long, that's, only sports can do that. Only sports can do that. I remember Mayor Giuliani with the, with the Yankees, obviously not the Mets, but the Yankees, um, and the Jets trying to do something because they have to make up for the fact that, you know, the Yankees can't win everything. Um, and so sports have that opportunity. So like I said, thousands of people will get together and they'll run three miles and they will try to raise money or we will try to raise money, I should say, to cure breast cancer. And I think more importantly, perhaps, is to inspire those who may be suffering from this incredibly terrible disease and hopefully inspire, bring some consolation to those who have lost others. So sports and life are about making a difference. They're about impacting our friends, our family, our parents, children, grandchildren, spouses, students, teachers, and even complete strangers. And that's what we are going to do on Sunday. We hope not only to succeed or to make an impact, but we can certainly, certainly try our best to do so. So I hope you'll join our team. Um, our team name is the 9 slash 999 birthday bash. This is how we're going to have a bash. I don't know how many people choose to celebrate their birthday by doing this, but I think it's very appropriate and inspirational. I hope it inspires you. Um, so if you want to join our team or donate money uh, to our team, please go to komennyc.org. That's K-O-M-E-N-N-Y-C.org. Click on the donate link. Search for the 99 birthday bash under team name or my name, Daniel Gordon, under the participant name. Whether we cure cancer this year or next or whether we don't is not is most important. But secondly, we must always realize that we can make a difference and inspire others, even with mundane tasks like walking or running in Central Park on a Sunday morning. Something people do each and every day and week. And this time we have an opportunity to make a difference. So please join us. Join another team. There are amazing teams out there. Um, certainly we or I should say I set a very lofty goal for our fundraising, and that was $18,000. Uh, we are at 1600 so we got a long way to go. But, uh, and my personal page, I think I've only raised $36. But it's not, that doesn't really count. What matters is the team, and what matters is how much money we can raise for Komen. So again, that's Komen, K-O-M-E-N-N-Y-C.org. Click on the donate link. Find the 99 Birthday Bash team and, uh, and donate. Speaking of people who make a difference through some amazing, amazing, what would seem like regular activities. Um, it is now time to welcome my very first guest on The Stunt Show, a good friend and colleague of mine, Mr. Noah Jacobson. Noah, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I am very nervous, but looking at you makes me smile. Because I look more nervous? No, because if you look more nervous, then we're in big trouble, because um, you do this all the time. Um, well, I, look, I should look excited because it's quite an honor to be on the first ever inaugural stunt show with Daniel Gordon. That's, that's an honor. Thank you. And I think for me, I just, just to echo the honor, I, I don't know if you guys, but this is actually the first Thursday 
of the all-new Nachum Siegel Network. And two days ago on Tuesday, we had a fabulous party downtown. Um, it was rocking. Our boss was there. We'll get into that in a little, a little bit. Um, it's great to be able to go to work at 6 in the morning and still get in trouble for not being at work on time. Pretty amazing. But we'll get into that later. So just a little bit about Noe. I'm going to read a little bit about you just so that the people out there know. Um, Noe Jacobson is from Houston, Texas. He majored in English and plans to pursue a joint degree in public and business administration. Good luck with that. If you want to take my GMAT for me, we'll talk about that off the air. Working this year in the office of the president at Yeshiva University, Noe hopes to find a career in communal work. Noe is also a member of the Maccabees and has performed in Jewish communities around the world. So, performed in Jewish communities around the world. Before we get to the Maccabees, because I think that's the easy topic. Don't get me wrong. I'm very pro the easy way out today. But since that's the easy topic, let's talk about life. Why did you choose to go to Yeshiva University? Uh, I didn't know life began at Yeshiva University, but we could we could jump to that. That's cool. Um, I mean, you're, you're, you're from Houston, so I don't know that there's much going on. Oh, here Houston. we go. It starts. It, it starts, starts, baby. It's going to be a long few minutes for you, my man. Uh, no, that's cool. I'll, I'll tell you about why you. Um, no, I mean, the truth of the matter is, and I, I don't know if I should say this, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think too much about it. I think why you was sort of an assumption for myself and for my family. I studied two years in Israel after high school at Yeshivat Shalavim. And so it was a natural choice to go to YU where I could continue to learn Jewish studies and, and pursue secular studies. Um, but I, 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 I'm telling you this in all sincerity and all honesty. I, I can't imagine a better college experience. And I'm not saying that's for everyone has the same one that I did. But of course, with the Maccabees, I was able to travel the world. I was able to to sing. Uh, I wrote for the commentator, which was the student newspaper on campus. I took honors courses and I learned in a great shear and it was just all around. It was, it was crazy how much I was able to do more than I could have imagined. So I guess I'll say more in hindsight. It was, it was just the, the clear choice. That's amazing. And you know, we'll get over hopefully the month um, to my college experience and how I ended up at YU, but it certainly was serendipity. Um, it was not uh, my what I thought was my number one choice, but it ended up being, and I think it's amazing. Um, and another way that you um, have continued to stay at YU, but more importantly, to continue to try to impact the world, um, is a program that I was actually privileged to be a part of, and that is that this year you are a presidential fellow in the office of the president at Yeshiva University. First of all, no pressure, but uh, who is your favorite member of the office of the president at Yeshiva University? Allison Rubin, I would have to say. And I respect that, by the way. I think that President Joel and Vice President Joseph and Rabbi Aaron Leibowitz and Cindy Phelps and Lisa Breshin, and I certainly respect that. There's very few people who can get away with saying that the kind of caliber people that we get to work with every day are not their favorite. But the fact, but Allison, Allison is a great choice. No, I'm, 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 the, the whole team is really, I, I have to say, um, one, one of the, the first things that I've noticed in my job is just that the team dynamic is great. And, you know, we have these, I'm sure you know, Daniel, we have these lay mentors who we speak to periodically the fellows and we were um, set up on champions gate which is the big conference community leadership conference and uh, on that at that conference we were set up with lay mentors so um, my mentor is a man named jeff jeff wild from cleveland great guy and we were speaking the other day about about work and i was telling him about the team we have there and how everyone's so supportive and they applaud you when you do something well, and they help you when you need help with something. And he said, "You know what? That's pretty unique to to, to have that much of a of a positive team dynamic 
Um, and so early on, I feel like it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Speaking of teamwork, two days ago on Tuesday, our Keurig broke. I know. What was with that? What are we going to do? That was rough. I know. I, I, if you do you know are, how awesome it is to not have to pay for your coffee? Coffee, it, a dollar, say you pay a dollar fifty if you're not going to Starbucks. If you're going to Starbucks and you're getting coffee five days a week, how much money is that? I, I was not a math major, nor do I fancy myself as one. The little things, I tell you. The little things in life that make a difference, like Keurig coffee. If you know how to fix our Keurig coffee machine, Please email me at Daniel at It seems that the issue it wasn't it, it wasn't even what was it? The water was boiling. So I I know a little bit about Keurig coffee machines. I study the mechanism. I poked my finger um after it broke a few times on the on the sharpness of the of the holes. And it seems to be that what happened with the Keurig coffee machine is that the hole on the bottom of the pod is not big enough anymore and the water is getting clogged right. in the pod. So it seems like we either need a plumber, a new Keurig, or a handy dandy presidential fellow who will poke bigger holes in the bottom of our coffee. Do we have one of those? Not that I know. Silence. Yeah, it's not that first yeah. that first dead airspace <laughs> on my show. All I'm asking for is a favor. But anyway, um, so why did you choose to do the presidential fellowship? You know what? Like I mentioned, just in terms of having such a positive experience at YU, I didn't really want to leave. You know why would I leave? There's a great energy there there's I was I was doing great things and um, and this was a great way to stick around to give back to a university that really gave so much to me and and yeah and I, I think I really lucked out in terms of the office that I'm in because I feel like it feels like the nerve center of, of the university and it, it's very mission driven and it's, it's it's fun it's fun to go to work it's and, it, and it's especially fun uh, to go to work when you have colleagues who dress as amazingly as some of your colleagues do um, I noticed the socks you're wearing. How does it feel to be the person who wears the second best socks in the office after myself? Is that? I can't imagine I was ranked second. Uh, I think you were ranked second. Josh tried to claim that you were ranked third, but once you go over the age threshold of, let's be nice, 26, um, you, you kind of lose out. So seeing as you and I are the fashion stars, although I will say that Noe has tried very valiantly to get me to try to wear skinny pants, which I refuse to. I just don't understand why people wear skinny. You know what? This is what we're going to talk about. I want to know. I wasn't even planning on this. I want you to try to explain to the world why anybody would wear a pair of pants that is so... By the way, women also makes no sense to me. You, your legs are supposed to breathe. There's like something in your skin membrane that like is supposed to breathe. I don't understand men, women, children, animals, who, whatever you are, that wears clothing that is so tight that there is no air to breathe. You got to explain to me. And how you sit in a chair, Noe, blows my mind. Oh my God. Um, I'd like to think that I leave some, some airspace for breathing. Um, but yeah, I think you got to just keep up with the trends. What's also very trendy, you could have those nice socks that you wear. And, and they are nice. They're, they're okay. But if, you're, if the, the hem isn't far up enough that you can see the sock, then what's, the, what's really the point? Uh, I, and, there's I, a deep, and there's a deep message, though. You think about that a little bit. I will think about it if you cannot see the sock. By the way, my wife will kill me for saying this, but I learned the greatest thing about socks, other than when I discovered amazingly awesome pattern socks. So I, I will admit, we will learn all of the flaws of Daniel Gordon right here on the, on the all-new Nahum Siegel Network. The first one is that I hate when I can't find a napkin. 
right? So you eat like potato chips and you don't have a napkin. So what do you do? So you lick your fingers and now you have wet fingers. So what are you supposed to do? So I, my mom will kill me. I used to always wipe my fingers on the inside of my pockets, right? Harmless. Nobody sees that. Kind of gross, but harmless. And then I was in Riverdale for Shabbos and somebody explained to me, I don't remember who, but if, if they can remind me, I am forever indebted to this person. You just wipe it on your sock and nobody knows. How brilliant is that, Noe? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, on to the next thing. By the way, in terms of trendy, trendy attire, so I, I like the socks. I do not understand the skinny, the skinny pants. And the other thing I don't understand, why you wear a belt on your neck and call it a tie. Those skinny <laughs> ties look like belts. They look, listen, if you want to wear a belt and that's a trendy thing, I see like all kinds of weird things going on. Tell me it's trendy to wear a belt, but do not call that a tie. No, you know, that actually really started with the Maccabees. The Maccabees wear skinny black ties. That's, that's the attire. So. Is there something deep in the black tie? Um, no, no, no. Just in the socks. Just, yeah. Just in the hemp of the socks. Just in the socks. Speaking of the Maccabees, so this is a topic, so we got to the suits, we got to your on-campus experience, so this is a topic that I, I think I want to approach from a different angle than most people. Okay. And that is, you have had the opportunity to experience some wild and crazy things. Um, bef- you know, one of them, I am sure, is watching my man, who I cannot believe America voted off of America's Got Talent, absolutely absurd that Idan Pinchot was, was voted off America's Got Talent, because... I think, I mean, I'm not a musician, but I know from the office, you think that kid is talented. Yes. Could he be in the Maccabees one day? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. Idan, if you are listening, which you're probably not because you just <laughs> became really famous. But if you are, first of all, let me know because that would be awesome. But secondly, um, I think he's got real talent. I think it was a little rough song choice um, in the finals. Yeah. A little rough, but I don't understand how people don't think that this kid is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented. I think, I mean, I think people think he's great. Generally, it's funny, you know, he, we, we did a concert in Chicago about a year and a half ago and two sold out shows back to back. It was for the Federation there. They, they filled out a venue, 1500 people, and then they did a second show and they did the second one also sold out. So it was a very, very big, big show. And then Idan's father emailed us and said, I heard you're going to be in town. My son's Idan. Here's a YouTube clip. Could he sing with you guys? By the way, before you get to the rest of your story, okay. Idan... And YouTube. You can ask anybody. I was watching Idan YouTube clips like a year, year and a half ago with him before he went like crazy yeah. with like real, real technology. He was like sitting in front of his thing, like all cute. And then NCSY went all wild, with like this video where they pan in and out of him in his basement. Cutest thing, by the way. Actually, finish your story. Then I'm going to say the cutest thing about Idan. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of want to hear the cutest thing. Okay. Cutest thing about Idan. He, he takes a hiatus. And he does not make videos for a while. So people like me are obviously like, what is going on? He comes back the next day. He goes, sorry, everybody. Uh, I had to practice for my bar mitzvah. Uh, uh, and now we're back with like another song. I'm like, talking about becoming a bar mitzvah. Uh, I know that this afternoon, um, Mora Randy Wartelski, she will kill me for saying this, but I remember when Mora Randy Wartelski was more Randy Sorcher. But anyway, we'll get to that in another time. But Mora Randy Wartelski was talking about growing up when you realize that you uh, can't plan a baseball team and have to own a baseball team. I actually think that a bar mitzvah is amazing. And the fact that Idan gave up his YouTube career, even just for a few weeks, for, uh, for his bar mitzvah, unbelievable. So back to your story. Yeah, so he, the fa- his father had asked us, could he come up and perform a song with you? So we didn't really know anything about him. And I'm sure he was a very nice, nice kid, but we don't generally have people perform with us. So 
we turned him down, which turned out to be a massive mistake. Um, but no, we still we still we still talked to talked to him. His father was actually texting with me during the whole process, and um, you know, getting advice. I was asking him how it was going, and it's just really exciting. You know, we we see Don as as very similar to what what we what we did, which is you know, be engaging, be able to engage within popular culture, but to be proud of who you are, to wear your yarmulke proudly, to represent Judaism well, to be a mensch. And I think even though he lost and I know we were all rooting for him, but I think he did a lot of real real good, you know. I think I think people were really impressed by him and, and he was great. And he's gonna he's gonna do great. He's gonna go on and he's gonna make videos. There's definitely a market out there for, for him to, to continue to sing. So you should look out for him. I, I will definitely be looking out for him. Yeah. That's my man, Idan Pinchot. Idan? Idan. Idan. Yeah, that's a, it's <laughs> like, hilarious how they say that, like Idan. And just one other thing. I know that this is my first appearance on the radio and Howard Stern has many years on me. That guy does not know what he's talking about. The fact that he criticized Idan on national television, I mean, come on. That's wild. Sharon Osborne almost ripped off his head, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. I thought she was going to pull out every one of those probably, you know, like long black hairs out of his head one at a time. But anyway, speaking of impact, what was the craziest story that you can, off the top of your head, first thing that you can remember from being a Maccabee? Well, uh, I think I'd have to say probably going to the White House. Um, we were invited. Low, low, blow. Continue. We were we were invited to American uh, Jewish Heritage Month, the, the American Jewish Heritage Month event at the White House. And so, I mean, it was crazy. We, we, we didn't believe it, to be honest. When we were invited, we actually had one guy who, until we pulled up to the gate at the White House, rolled down the window and said, uh, we're here to see President Obama, literally. And he said, are you on the list? And we said, Maccabees? And that was it. We were in. Um, until that moment, there were some of us who, who thought the whole thing was a huge ruse. Um, but lo and behold, we went, we spoke with him. It's funny, you know, I think, I think that usually they have very popular artists like Justin Bieber, or Brad Paisley, Beyonce, or Brad Paisley, Brad Paisley. a favorite country music star of mine. Yes. I think they usually have people like that and at these events, these cultural events. So, you know, they schedule in time for the president to meet with that person because it's a very important musical act. Um, they did the same for us, which must have been a fluke. They probably just assumed that we were some huge, huge international whatever. Which you are. Which we, you are. Okay, okay. But um, So we had 10 minutes with the president to just schmooze, really, and that was that was wild. And, you know, there are so many funny stories from that day. I have a friend, my friend of mine, Emmanuel, who is in law school or was in law school at the time, and he was freaking out by some old guy who was standing next to him. And I said, what's wrong? And he said... That's a Supreme Court justice. I just read one of his uh, one of his responses. Um, it was just it was just crazy. And another funny one is you know President Joel when he hears the story he sort of rolls his eyes. But we there's a woman who came over to us as we were leaving and said, "Can I take a picture with you?" And we were sort of in a rush to get out. Well, that's not not a rush to get out, but uh, we'd been there for a while. It was sort of wrapping up, and so we said you know, okay, quickly, quickly, take a picture. And we took the picture. We said, okay, nice to see you. And we sort of brushed her aside a little bit. Um, not really, but someone came to us and said, do you, do you realize who that is? And none of us had any idea. And they said, oh, that's Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She's the chair of the Democratic National Committee. And she invented American Jewish Heritage Month. We were said, oh, 
Oh, thanks, Debbie. <laughs> and she's in the news now with the Democratic National Convention going on. I thought you were going to go a different route with funny stories. Okay. You know, when 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 President Joel came back from that uh, from that day at the White House. So first of all, for all of you who don't know, so I am one of two males who work in the office of the president, and only one of a handful of people who don't who have not met President Barack Obama. And Noe decided to point that out to me just a couple of days when we were walking around the office. They're all like showing off their pictures with Barack Obama, and they're like. Oh, you don't have one? Awkward. But anyway, um, back to my story. So President Joel told the story that he was, you guys were in a room, and um, you guys were in the room, like, waiting to talk to the president, and he was trying to get there. So he was, like, trying to come see his students and his son, and he said to the security guard, like, oh, can I go into that other room? And they're like, no, no, that's, like, for the Mac only. He's like, uh, like, I, like they're the yeshiva, one of the yeshiva university Akbar groups. Like, I, and the guy's like, you're not a Maccabee. Like, you can't go in that room. So here he is in the White House. And he, he was a Marine. Yeah. Yeah, who was, like, guarding the door. It's kind of crazy. So a Marine was guarding you guys. Yes. Or guarding the president. We'll just leave with you guys for yeah, now. Yeah. Pretty fine. cool. Um, so. No, but, but in all seriousness, you know, Davening Mincha in uh, in the White House. And President Joel was there for that. I know he's he's spoken about that since. Just a crazy, it, it was crazy to think that that we were there at that moment with all those people in the, in the room. Literally the the Jewish people and people in general were running the world, like the most powerful people in one room, and we were able to perform for them. Um, crazy. It was it was a crazy experience. So that was probably a wild um, pre-show little thing. What is the normal Maccabees pre-show routine? Do you guys like, you know, put your hands in the middle and say, go team? We do. Um, we we have a little ritual. We, we put hands in. We talk about that gig and get pumped up and try to get inspired about, you know, what we're doing and spreading uh, Jewish pride, and then that's it. We break. Who Who's the Drew Brees of the team that calls out the chant? Depends. It's usually there's a gig leader for every gig. There's someone who's in charge of on-the-ground stuff and making sure everything goes smoothly. So that person usually does the break. And one of the things I know that um, music superstars like yourselves get to demand is food. I remember when Matis Yahu performed at the YU mm-hmm. Hanukkah concert a few years ago. So he like demanded all kinds of different foods and warm water and cold water. What is the um, meal of choice for the Maccabees? You know, we're not we're not too we're not too diva ish. We're pretty we're pretty uh, easygoing. You know, there's we, we we have on our contract that we need a meal. Um, lunch, dinner, whatever, whatever, whatever time the gig is at. And you know, our, it's funny, our contract is sort of built from the ground up. We have a really long contract now with a ton of stipulations on it and things, and it's, it's literally from experience. You know, it says in our contract that if we're going somewhere on Shabbos and we're performing at a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah and we're staying in a hotel, we have to stay on the bottom five floors. And how do we learn that? Because, you know, we went to the Upper East Side one Shabbos and they put us in a hotel. Be careful. On the th- be careful. Why? I am from the Upper East Side of Manhattan. You be careful. I'm very territorial about that. It was like the 40th floor or something like that. They tried and to we give just, you a good view. They tr- yes. But, you know, so I, and that's actually something very interesting about the Maccabees experience. You know, it's not just not just singing for me. It really was a bunch of guys who who run a business together. It became a, it became a business. It became, you know, it's an LLC. We're all equal owners. And we, we built that contract, you know, we liaise with our accountants and our lawyers and it's it's really interesting, hands on business experience. You talk, know talk about growing up. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Little guy from Houston, Texas. So what's with the spacesuit? Houston. Oh Houston. it's an back homage to, to uh to back home. Don't tell me you're a Texans fan. Huge. Oh god, that's terrible. Year. So 
is our year. You are a Texans fan. So I happen to know, actually, that God has given me a gift this year. A very, very simple gift. God has made the Jets-Texans game on October 8th, which is Yontif. So I don't have to suffer through it. Isn't that um, isn't God good to Cause me? Because you're, you're definitely going to lose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm a diehard Jet fan. I have blood, sweat, and tears over the Jets, but I, I don't know what's going on with them these days. I, I'll tell you something. Everyone talks about, uh, what's his name? Tebow. Tim Tebow. What's his name? Okay, I know. It's because I'm so sick of his name. Everyone talks about Tim Tebow as this inspirational guy, interesting guy, very religious, very outwardly religious, got a lot of press last year. How about Arian Foster? You know about Arian Foster? I do. I saw an E60 Leading. special on him, by the way. His life story Crazy. is wild. He's he's philosophy major in college, really thoughtful guy. Uh, just, you should get more press. That's all I'm saying. So another sin I have to admit is, Chataayani Maskir Hayom, I drafted Ray Rice over Arian Foster. I had the first pick in my draft. <laughs> Bad decision? No Arian Foster? No, I'll tell you why. Because he has Ben Tate behind him. Yeah. So you got to watch out. In fantasy football, you mm-hmm. got to watch for the guys who may lose carries. Mm-hmm. Ray, I mean, the Ravens have absolutely nobody who can throw the football. I don't know if I would take Joe Flacco over Mark Sanchez. At least Mark Sanchez looks good while he's throwing the football. Right? Yeah. Eva Longoria, by the way. Report came out. Mark Sanchez, Eva Longoria. What do you think of that? What about? That they are... Um, shidduch? A shidduch. A bias nam on Bear America. Valdic. So, so speaking of shifts, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I, I think in the okay, actually, you know what? I'm going to do something bold here. I know I said the Jets were going to lose. How about we bet lunch, me and you, Mote Yantif, when we come back to work after what's going to be in a rocking Simchas Torah. I will bet you lunch that the Jets beat the Texans. Okay, where lunch? Where? Uh, chop chop. Mm. Overdone. Overdone. Okay, we. We will decide, but it will be lunch, okay. and it will not, and it will be a minimum spent on the other person of seven dollars. Done, done, deal. Stan, you're in there. You're the witness. I honestly think the Jets are going to win. What? Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like Fitzpatrick as a quarterback. No, no, that's the Bills game. We're talking about the Texans game. Oh, the Texans. Yeah, game. yeah. Oh, that's a different story. They're, they're toast. Matt Schaub. He's. Well, but when is the game? The game is on the eighth of oh. October. The Jets will be like 0-10 by then. Nah, Tebow might be starting by then. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Tebow. By the way, I am a Tebow guy. I think Tebow is Obviously the Obviously, you're a Tebow no, guy. Because I think Tebow's there. Tebow goes to the core of this show. Tebow does go to the core of the show, by the way. Faith and God. We should get Tim Tebow on the that's, show. I think that's probable. He brings out the faith in sports. I think he shows the world what goodness you can bring through something like sports. I think he's sincere. I don't... I, you know, his faith happens to not be my faith, but I think faith is important regardless of what you believe in, so long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else's beliefs. And the fact that he sees God, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show, seeing God and everything that you do and praying a lot, certainly Tim Tebow is an inspiration um, for me to see that here's a guy who, as somebody who's always kind of hesitated a little bit maybe to wear my yarmulke in certain places and like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Tim Tebow is a guy who prays, who is himself, who, who he, he's, he's, he's just amazing. And my parents you know, talk about when the Cowboys started back in the day praying in the end zone. And, and, and they talk about that actually in a negative light. And I think it's a positive thing. I think it's something that, that football is very dangerous. We see nowadays that football is arguably one of the most dangerous things that people are doing right now and throwing themselves out there. And, and ultimately, God has a hand in everything and in the health that we get to do, um, that we get to live our lives by um, and with. And, that, um, and the fact that Tim Tebow prays is great. So... How do you find in all of this, in all the Houston, and all the spacesuit, I'm sure you get all the time, oh, you're a Maccabee, or oh, you're the spacesuit Maccabee, and all that stuff. How do you find Noe, besides through your awesome socks? 
Um, you know, I think I think people in general tend to latch on to something very singular and very specific about a person. I don't think that's unique to me. I think people don't always get the full picture or really ever get the full picture of who someone else is. So you're right. The Maccabees is a very obvious thing for someone to, to latch on to. Um, is that something that you're nervous? Is that latching something you're nervous overshadows the, the amazing thing that is Noe? Oh my God. The amazing, can I get that in quotes? The amazing thing that it, a plaque? Okay, plaque. Um, you can have a plaque. No, I think when people get to know me, um, they see that there's. When people get to know me, the know me. <laughs> fail. An epic fail. Okay. Um, I'm scratching my head right now, by the way, in awkwardness. But yeah, I mean, great. listen, maybe maybe you've seen some of that already just in our time working together. You know, I, I I would get up on stage and talk about why you in very general terms and, you know, in the context of, of a performance. But hopefully you see now that together we've been brainstorming and talking about what why you means to the community and what why you means to the world. And, you know, more generally that Judaism and we try to develop those those thoughts and and there's more nuance and there's more subtlety there which which someone might not pick up on just from you know one I was, performance i was gonna say nuance nuance is one of the most challenging things to find in everything you do in life and to try to get at that meaning it's everything from your day-to-day job you're hosting a radio show what is the nuance you can bring and what is the value that you can bring and what is the what is it that makes that thing specifically unique and special to you and what can you through that contribute to the larger audience and to the world which you know there's accountants and there's lawyers and there's doctors and there's radio show hosts and there's even rabbis and you know athletes but the question is what do you do to make your yourself stand out and make a difference in the world and i think that's something that we all struggle with and we all should struggle with right that's crazy yeah that was very deep but yeah that was that was a lot man I still haven't figured out the depth of the socks with the pants showing. If you know, um, if you if you have an answer on what the depth is, email me at daniel at nachamsegel.com. Again, you are listening to the first ever stunt show here on the Nachum Siegel Network, which launched just two days ago in what was a wild party. So stay tuned. Stay tuned this week, this month, this year, this lifetime, because I think we will bring you what um, I know Miriam L. Wallach has put together as the general manager, some amazing, amazing, amazing content. And... Um, I get to be one lucky, lucky part of that. So, Noe, before we move on to country music, because it's going to rock, we are going to bring to Nachum's. I don't think there's ever been on JM the AM on Nachum Siegel country music like we're about to see it, but we are going to learn from country music. I sent Miriam L. Wallach seven CDs of country music. She texted me and said something like, wow, I can't believe you did that. And are you a hopeless romantic, I believe was the word. And I did just say that in the air. I'm not a hopeless romantic. I just believe that there is depth to life. And nothing brings that out like country music. Like Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, definitely one of my favorites. I was going to go Brad Paisley. Today we're going to hear from Garth Brooks. It's very hard sig music. It really it, tugs at the heartstrings. It, it, it does. I, and, it, and, it, and it tells sto- a story. And, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. And while Rascal Flatts said life is a highway, I believe life is a story. And so we should always tell stories. And, and, and stories are, people always make fun of me. Like, I'll go to a Shabbos meal and my wife will be like, Daniel, stop telling a story again and again and again. And I'll get like kicked under the table and I'll be like, ow. And she'll be like, why did you wince? I'm like, you just kicked me. That's for a story for another time. But I think stories are what help us get through and remember. And they are what define memories for us. Right. This is stories. And I think that 
as you get older, Noe, I'm a little older than you. As you get older, you will remember the stories and the moments and the memories that you have from the Maccabees and from all of these amazing experiences. And they are something that are unique to you. And that's what's going to carry you. Your voice is amazing. And that'll carry you. And many, many people are going to draw inspiration on Yom Tovim and in your shul. And as you go on to sing. But I think it's the stories and the memories that will carry you forever. You know, can I just kind of turn the tables for one second? Sure. You can always turn the tables. Okay. On. You know, because t- I, I know you're interviewing me now, which is great. And I'm happy to talk about the group and, and everything. But, you know, this is your inaugural show. And that's that's a big thing. It's a big deal. So, you know what, can you talk a little bit about what you hope to accomplish with this? How you see this fitting into the narrative of Daniel Gordon's life and and how this is a stepping stone for that? What's going on here, Dan? For some strange reason, Miriam L. Wallach thought I had something to contribute to the world. It's not strange at all. And the more I think about it, I think that I have had a unique life. Like I said, I'm a twin. I That has all kinds of wild and crazy things. Talk about identity, finding your own identity. Um, I grew up on the east side. I, I, I've been to camp and school. Tough streets this. of the east side. The tough streets. Grew up rough in the streets of the upper east side. Um, by the way, I did grow up in what is defined as Spanish Harlem. Just putting that there. Um, um, yeah, cry me a river. I will cry you a river. Um, but you Write know, me a country song. Write you a country song. Wow. If I could, I would, but I cannot. Um, and, and, and so I think that I have what to offer. I, I get, I've been positioned in life. God has been so great to me to see some amazing, amazing, amazing things, ups and downs, people. I mean, the people that I've gotten, you, I have not met President Barack Obama. You've rubbed that in my face. We got to that. Mm-hmm. But I've been able to see and, and, and interact with some amazing people. That starts with my family, my grandparents. My grandfather was amazing. Um, now my little niece, Simba Shoshana, who's adorable. Um, so just like, and, and, and so it goes on all things in life, the people I worked with, the people I played sports with. Um, I was the token from kid on a basketball team for the 92nd Street Y that played in the Maccabi games. Hmm. So like all of these kinds of experiences I think have, have shaped my, my life view and country music is at the center of that. And that's what I hope to accomplish through the show is to show my life view, bring some guests on that will be amazing. Um, like yourself, you have started us off. You have set the bar very, very high. Good luck to whoever comes well, next. Can I just, can I say one more, can I add one more thing to the list? Sure. You know, you can't see this at home listeners, but. Daniel's legs are just very active right now. They're going up. Like there's, it's just, it's crazy. My wife I think is there's clapping right now that I you're think, pointing that out. I think there's something there. I think, I think that you are a very passionate person. I think that you just want to get going on great things and, and, and make it happen. So my, my, my blessing to you, my bracha to you, is that you also bring that passion for life and for people and for Judaism and for whatever it is that... that that really gets you going, that you should bring that to your show. I think people would, would really benefit from, from that, from that side of you. Thank you. And that's what I hope to do. I think that... But also chill out a little bit with your legs. You're freaking me out. <laughs> okay, great. My wife, I'm not showing you somewhere. I don't know where she's listening. Somewhere my wife, Aviva Wilner Gordon, is celebrating because we will sit somewhere and she will actually take her hand and make it like a knife and put it on my leg and or scarier, by the way, than the hand is when she does it with like a dull, like plastic knife. Like she's gonna chop my leg off with a plastic knife. Like out of that movie, what was that movie? Like a hundred thousand hours or something, where that guy ends up chopping off his arm. Great movie. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called. The guy chops off his arm with a plastic fork so, with a plastic knife. James so, Franco. Sure, whatever you say. Um, it is James Franco. So she does that. So she is very happy. And so we are. You know what? That's my New Year's resolution. Russia Shun's right around the corner. Cut my, off your leg? No, not to cut off my leg. To stop shaking as much. 
That's my New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is to stop shaking. Maybe you have restless leg syndrome. I do not have restless leg syndrome. I am just... That stems from an iron deficiency. I know because I've looked it up. I also have restless legs. You're not alone in this. We're together. We are together in this fight. The camaraderie in the office tomorrow is going to be something else. Fearless leg shaking. <laughs> it's going to be wild. The room, Allison Rubin, if you're out there, the room will shake tomorrow. <laughs> the room will shake just from our leg shaking. Well, good luck to all the students of Yeshiva University in Belfer Hall. It won't <laughs> who's be, in the 11th floor? It, who's, who's right below? The computer lab. I don't know, but it won't be an earthquake. I have looked at the weather forecast. It will be Noe and Daniel shaking the world. By the way, deep there, that you can shake the world with just your legs. You can shake the world with everything. It's Zerizus. Zerizus. Zerizus Mamish. You went to Shalvim. I did. I got that. Two years. Awesome. Two years. Put that out there. In case you're wondering, Noe Jacobson went to Shalvim for two years. Uh, w- one more style question. Okay. Plastic glasses. What's the deal? What's the deal with them? Is that like in now? Um, I think it's on its way out. On its way out? Yeah, I think it's on its way out. But you just brought it in. Except for when Miriam wears them. Except for when Miriam... In which case, they're extremely stylish for time immemorial. Kick saving a beauty from Jacobson. Yeah. Way to save yourself. You may actually... You know what? I I, want to get something in. Because I've been thinking about it in the back of my head, and I want to get something in. It's back to like a serious topic. Can I have a minute for that? Yeah, just a minute. Okay. Just in terms of what you're talking about, like getting boxed in people's identity... um, you mentioned Matis Yahoo. So there's a lot going on with that guy right now. I was a huge fan. I still was. am a huge fan. I, I still am a huge fan. When I was in high school, I well, I became a huge fan of Matis Yahoo. I think his music is incredible. I think. Have you heard his new album? I have not heard all of it. Spark but I've heard, Seekers. I've heard you playing it, by the way. I, I play it in the office. Don't think, by the way, I am the DJ. He may be the music star. I am the DJ. I control the Pandora. I control the country music. We rock on. But anyway. You know, I, but I, I, can, I, can relate, I can relate to him a little bit only in terms of you know, here's someone who who became religious and became observant in the public eye. His 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 becoming famous through his music was almost at, simultaneous with his um, with his, his music and his religiosity. So you know, that's a lot of pressure. He's got so much pressure, and because he's sort of I, I, what I see going on with him. And listen, we've performed with him, we we've been in touch with him. He he's a very good friend of the group. And you know what? I, I feel for, I feel for the guy. And I think there's a lesson there that if we box people in, and if we if we constrict them, and if we place labels on them, and if we pick one part of their personality, and we say that's their defining aspect, then it sort of you know it, it forces people to want to act out against that. And uh, I've just been thinking about that since you mentioned it. I think it's, we we each have a relationship with with God. Mm-hmm. Each one of us. We can have a beard. We don't have a beard. Whatever you want to put those labels, and we will definitely talk about that on the show because we, all that matters is that you get to have your relationship with God, whatever it is. And I think that Matis Yahu, I, I credit him. I would love to say thank you to him because what he has shown the world is that you can be who you are. You can observe the way you want. You can act the way you want. You can do all of those things. Right. And if you have the strength to stand up for whatever you believe in, whatever that may be, so long as it does not, infringe on somebody else or hurt somebody else mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want and you know what and, and and he's you know his the beard came off and you know people even see him without a yarmulke from time to time and it's sad and i don't know what's going on there and it, it's it's not great to see but he does seem like he has a very genuine real relationship with god and that he's trying to figure his stuff out so you know i i, I i'm pulling for him i and i hope he i hope he's happy and by the way i want met Matis Yahu. I was in Indiana for Torah Tours, the YU program. I was in Indiana. We went to the University of Indiana. It was incredible. 
to be on a college campus and to make an impact. So we go to so we go to Bloomington and we dive in the shul. Matisau who's there because he's going to Bloomington for for Simchas Torah, and that guy is one good looking, well dressed man. He can and, and that was when Matisau when Matis. he had his beard and his pace, they were like. They were wrapped perfectly, and they yeah. were trimmed perfectly. Curled, and he was, curled and he was properly. Wearing, who was he a model for? Uh, Kenneth Cole. He was wearing, or somebody, he was wearing somebody's I clothes. Kenneth Cole. He was wearing somebody's clothes, and I'm like, he was wearing skinny pants, by the way. Hello. Again, don't know why he was doing that. Don't know why he's doing that. Matisau. Hello. Daniel at NahumSiegel.com. Explain to us what the deal is. By the way, we I, I'm instituting a new monthly segment, and that is going to be the poll question of the month. This month's poll question, what's the deal with tight pants? You know that they Daniel you know, at you know, is, you know this is timely from a news perspective. Because? Because there were a group of rabbis in Israel of Haredi persuasion who outlawed skinny pants. I'm not I'm not saying either or I'm not saying Get me that. their names. I may start following everything they say. Listen, to each their own. To each their own. Listen, as long as you're comfortable, I don't again, I don't get it. But just like Matis with his faith, right? And Tim Tebow, there's room for Elu the Elu, Divrei Elo Kenneth Kolchaim. That's probably a bad thing to say. Probably a bad thing. <laughs> but <I'm> just, <laughs> is there a delay on this thing? How does this work? Can we? Is that God. Elo? Miriam? Anyone? Someone? Anybody? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? <laughs> okay. We're gonna. This. I don't know if this is gonna work if there's not a delay on the. If there's not the you ability. Know you know what? We're gonna I love you, Dan it. the Man. I'm just saying. We're gonna try. Dan the Man. I like that. We can bring that in. Noe, stick around. I want. I want to hear your thoughts on what we're about to do because we are about okay. to bring country music to the Nachum Siegel Network. Why? Why country music? That is something that a lot of people have asked me throughout my life, and the answer is very simple. When I was in high school, there was a rabbi who taught my twin brother in Ramaz. His name was Rabbi Avery Joel. Ooh, ooh, familiar name. He is awesome. He currently lives in Cleveland, and Rabbi Avery Joel taught a class in Ramaz about basic Jewish philosophy, and he gave my twin brother Aaron his first ever country music mix. From that moment on, I have been hooked. I'm going to try to hook every single listener on this show. And what we're going to do is every single month, we're going to play a song. I hope that everybody can take out the time to listen to the song because they're very deep. We're going to play the song, and then I'm going to react after. This month's song is Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. If you can, please take a moment, pause for three minutes and 27 seconds. And take it all in. Just the other night At a hometown football game My wife and I ran into My old high school flame And as I introduced them The past came back to me and I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be. She was the one that I'd wanted for all times. And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. And if He'd only grant me this wish I wished back then, I'd never ask. For anything again Sometimes I thank God For unanswered prayers Remember when you're talking 
to the man who stares And just because he doesn't answer Doesn't mean he don't care For some of God's greatest gifts Are unanswered prayers Wasn't quite the angel that I remembered in my dreams And I could tell the time changed me in her eyes too it seemed We tried to talk about the old days, there wasn't much we could recall I guess the Lord knows what He's doing after all I looked at my wife And then and there I thanked the good Lord For the gifts in my life Sometimes I thank God For unanswered prayers Remember when you're talking To the man upstairs And just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care Some of God's greatest gifts Are unanswered Some of God's greatest gifts Are all too often unanswered Some of God's greatest gifts Are unanswered prayers That was Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. A lot to take in. Again, Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. I highly recommend buying it on iTunes. So the question is, what do I take from that song? So I don't believe that there are unanswered prayers. I pray a lot. I pray three times a day. I pray all the time. Whenever I I, I feel God close to me and I I need something, I want to talk to him. I pray in English. I pray pray in Hebrew. I pray for a long time. I pray short. And I know one thing for sure. God hears me and he always answers. That's one statement, and that's a fact. God always hears me, and God always answers. Only sometimes the answer is no. So the difference between Garth Brooks and myself is that he believes that there are unanswered prayers. I believe that the answer is sometimes no. This has been a very tough week for me. While most people were spending Labor Day barbecuing at the beach, I faced two tragedies. The first was that my mother raced to Israel to say her last goodbyes to my amazing cousin, Hannah, who, a mother of five, grandmother, amazing, amazing woman. And on Sunday of Labor Day, I went to a funeral for an amazing woman named Bertha from my parents' community on the Upper East Side. And as Rabbi Haskell Lookstein said at Bertha's funeral, Bertha epitomized Shlomo HaMelech's often overused Perek of Asia's Chayel. I know that for a fact. And as I told my young cousins sitting Shiva for their mother just two days ago, there are people who really are one in a million, and their mother was one of them. So the question is, how do we go to sleep at night knowing that sometimes our ultimate judgment may be incomprehensible? How do we wake up each morning with the confidence knowing that as my gr- grandmother used to say, we plan and God laughs. So I take my strength from the words of Garth Brooks and from my faith. Although he spoke about childhood, about his childhood sweetheart, I talk and think about my present and my future. And I go through all of my days, the good and the bad, knowing that I'm not alone. While I may make my own decisions, I walk through life with the single greatest teammate in the world. And that is God, God in me along the way. And he has a plan. 
So as we approach the Yamim Norayim, beginning with Slichos on Saturday night for us Ashkenazim, Sephardim, I know, terrible Slichos, but you guys get to uh, eat rice on Pesach. Let us all pray with all our might. I'll be praying, and I know God will hear me. And his answer will be the single best answer for me, even if I don't like it. What do you think, Nelly? I love it. And I have to say, you know what? What the Maccabees are predicated on, what I think Yeshiva University is predicated on, what I think our lives need to be predicated on is the idea that we have Torah and we have beautiful wisdom in Torah, but there's also wisdom and and holiness that can be sought in, in the world. And, you know, I think it's great that you can take a country song and use that as a vehicle. You know, and you made some distinctions between how you feel and how Garth Brooks feels. So, but even, even if that song... Served, the Rebbe. The Rebbe. But even if that song served as an instigator for a conversation to get you to a different place, to hopefully a better place in your spirituality, that's a, that's a tremendously positive thing. And I think that's sort of what you aim to do here at this show, if, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong. You know, look to sports, look to country music, to just constantly be looking for opportunities to glean wisdom from the world. So I applaud you, Daniel Gordon. Amen to that. Thank you. You're a good man. Thank you. You have been listening to The Stunt Show on the all-new Nahum Siegel Network. I am Daniel Gordon, and thank you for making me and us a part of your evening, week, and month. Coming up next is the Thursday Night Extravaganza with Nahum Siegel. Join Nahum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 a.m. as he hosts JM in the AM live here on the all-new NahumSiegel.com and on 91.1 FM. Make sure to tune in as he is joined by Malcolm Holmline for his weekly update. And don't miss this Saturday night at 9 p.m. for Saturday Night Siegel, hosted by Avrami Finkelstein. Live here on the stream as well as at NahumSiegel.com. This show will be rebroadcast Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on the all-new NahumSiegel Network here at NahumSiegel.com. Again, rebroadcast Sunday morning, 9 a.m. on the all-new NahumSiegel Network here at NahumSiegel.com. Tune in next week for the second edition of The Stunt Show with Gorf, Jordan B. Gorfinkel. Noe, you deserve to say thank you to Jordan B. Gorfinkel. He invented Jewish acapella music. He did. Amen to that, brother. And at the beginning of next month, when you, buy, when you pay your bills and check the batteries in your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, remember to tune in to me on The Stunt Show four weeks from tonight at 6 p.m. Thank you, Stan. Stan, I could not have done this without you. You made this my first radio show hosting experience as easily and seamless as possible. Here's to many more successful shows together and to old school country music. Great. Thank you to Noe Jacobson, who along with putting up with me all day at Yeshiva University is also a member of the Maccabees, as you heard. Go buy their CDs. They are awesome. I will say that. I, you can tell I know good music. The Maccabees are awesome. That was very nice, but if the coffee machine isn't fixed by tomorrow morning, I don't care. Just get it fixed. I'll do my best. I'll go back to the office right now. And in case you forgot... Tonight's country song was Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. If you can, please join Miriam L. Wallach and me, my twin, and as well as my twin brothers, we celebrate our birthdays by racing for the cure. Join our team by running with us or contributing to our team's fundraising campaign. To contribute or to join the team, go to komennyc.org. That's K-O-M-E-N-N-Y-C.org. Click on the donate link, search 99 Birthday Bash under team name, or for my name, Daniel Gordon under participant name. Again, to donate, go to komennyc.org, K-O-M-E-N-N-Y-C.org. we got to reach that 18,000, guys. Otherwise, I will look foolish. I look foolish all the time, but finding a cure for cancer is not something I'm going to look foolish about. So please donate whatever you can. Please make it happen for us. Click on the donate link at komennyc.org, K-O-M-E-N-N-Y-C.org. Search for our team, 99 Birthday Bash, or for me, Daniel Gordon. I will be thinking of my grandmother, my wife's namesake, Bertha, and my cousin Hana, and all those who have lost their fight to this terrible disease known as cancer and specifically breast cancer. I really hope you will join us. Lastly, 
I welcome your honest feedback and comments at daniel at nachumsegel.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L at nachumsegel.com. I hope you have gained something from this hour, and I hope that this show will gain its inspiration and content from you, listeners. Do we inspire you, Noe? Absolutely. So send an email, daniel at nachumsegel.com. Again, we are going to draw inspiration from you, the listeners. Send me anything, anything you want to hear, country music requests, anything. You like something we said, better yet, something you didn't like that we said. We will love to talk about it in the future. So, in keeping with our Finding a Cure for Cancer theme tonight, in the words of the great Jimmy Valvano, there are three things we all should do every day. Number one is laugh. Number two is think. And number three is have your emotions move to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. That's how I try to live my life, and I hope this hour has been as special for you as it's been for me. Coming up next is the Thursday Night Extravaganza with Nachum Siegel. See you next month, everybody. Goodbye.